From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. It's about my girlfriend. My, my, my problem is I don't know if I love her for herself or because things are so great between us physically. Well, how long you two been together? Six years. Sex is still that good. Oh, man. Every morning, night, three times a day on weekends. But I'm not sure we have much else in common. Well, um, common interests are, of course, the foundation of that. Three times, you say? Is that abnormal? Well, no, no. Uh, it's not abnormal. It's not fair, but it's not abnormal. Thanks, Doc. Have a great weekend. Well, I wish you the same, but it hardly seems necessary. And that's from Fraser. Now... One problem is too much sex, which, of course, that's funny. That rarely happens. But what happens if you have the opposite problem, which was, is much, much more common? Think about what advice you would give the following listener. He says, my name is Sean, and my wife never wants to have sex. We've been married for two years, and we have a two-year-old daughter, Ever since the baby came, our sex life has been lousy. My wife says it hurts her, but I still want it. What should we do? Now, here's one clue. He's saying what? Imagine you're the wife. He's saying he wants it. I want sex. Now, how do you think that makes her feel? What if he said, I love you and I want you rather than I want it? So I'll answer his question later in the show. And speaking of love and sex and intimacy, what if you and your partner once had a wonderful sexual relationship, but now it really has become boring and mundane and dull, or as in Sean's case, almost deceased? What if you desperately long for that closeness, that, that intimacy, but your wife or husband isn't interested? Some partners openly say, you know, I could go for the rest of my life without sex. My husband wants it all the time, but I'm not interested. Or my wife's always pressuring me, but, you know, I just can't stand it. It's a pain. Later in the show, I'll be speaking with Michelle Weiner Davis. She is the author of The Sex-Starved Marriage. We'll be discussing why this is such an important topic that if you're in a relationship, you want to talk about openly with your partner and you want to reconcile any differences. Now, I can remember when I was a kid, I had a stuffed animal that I talked to in the evenings. I confided in my stuffed animals. It was a pink dog and it had a hole in its side when I bought it. I sewed up the hole and I called it Stitches. And Stitches knew everything I felt. I mean, I get my, my guess is my parents wish they were Stitches at times so that they would know what their daughter was thinking. But I shared everything with him. I would tell him when I was upset with my parents, when I didn't think they were fair, when I, did, when I was angry with my sisters, or with my having problems with my friends. Or even I would share the good stuff when I went to a party that I enjoyed or when I did well in school. Stitches shared all my ups and downs. He was safe. He was a stuffed animals, and he would never turn on me. He'd never betray me. And of course, he wasn't alive. Now, lots of kids do this. They confide in their dolls as stuffed animals or their dogs and cats. Or they may have a loving imaginary friend that they carry around that serves the same purpose. And think of it, even adults, you may be one of them, confide in their pets. You talk to your dog or your cat. I can't believe what my husband did to me today. Can you believe he's doing this again? It's sometimes just a way to introspect, to hear yourself think. Many people, though, use it as a way to avoid genuine closeness. They'll talk with a dog and a pet because they're afraid of talking to a partner who could hurt them. 
So what if you don't have an imaginary friend in your life, but every day you have instead an imaginary enemy that just won't leave your mind. You can't get it out of your mind. What would it be like to feel that you have an internal critical parent sarcastically commenting on every move you make or an imaginary envious coworker who drools every time you slip up or an all-powerful punishing God who monitors your every move and makes you feel guilty or bad even when you did nothing wrong? Now what if such an imaginary friend in your mind followed you everywhere with no escape? One worried mom writes that her 16-year-old cannot get this imaginary enemy who hates her out of her mind. What can she do? And I'll take her, call, I'll take her question later on in the show. And, of course, you can call me with any questions that are on your mind. Who or what is getting on your nerves? I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. I'm a clinical psychologist, and you may ask me any personal question that's frustrating you and that you'd like to ask a counselor or a therapist. This is an opportunity for some free advice, even though it's not therapy. Um, It's a free call, toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. That's toll-free, 1-877-DR-K-E-N-N-E-R. And my website is drkenner.com. And right now, I want to let you listen to the following. Hi, um, I'm 27 years old, and my question is that I've been involved with a man for almost three years. He's married, and he keeps telling me he's getting divorced. I Right now, I feel like I'm losing my mind, and sometimes I feel like I don't want to live anymore. And I, I can't even finish talking. Okay, what I want you to do now is to listen to this movie drop and see if it doesn't resonate with that caller's problem. Fran, do you remember that last weekend we had? Do you remember what we talked about? We talked about a lot of things. I mean about my getting a divorce. We didn't talk about it, Jeff. You did. You didn't really believe me, did you? They got it on a long playing record now. Music to string her along by. My wife doesn't understand me. We haven't gotten along for years. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. That's enough, Fran. Just trust me, baby. We'll work it out somehow. So if you're 27 years old and you've spent, since you've been 20, 24, 25 years old, actually 24 years old, you've been with a married man and you feel like you're losing your mind and you don't want to live anymore, you can't even speak on the phone, then this is when you need your mind most. This is when you want to think very clearly, not let the rejection or not let the sense of futility pull you down and make you give up on yourself or make you give up on your life. This is when you want your mind. So here's the question. Does he love you, this married man? Does he love you or are you being used? Or is it a combination of the two? And is he worthy of your love? Why would you stay with him for three years? Now, Sometimes it's hard to cut loose because you've invested so much time. It's hard to say, well, I'm just, I'm giving up. You have a three-year investment here and maybe tomorrow he'll break up with his wife. But he's, he's already told you a lot about himself. You've had three years to study this man. Um, he has trained his mind to lie to his wife. So why is he not capable of lying to you and stringing you along? He's been able to keep two separate worlds alive. And he is, so he's not, he's a liar. 
he's not a value in that sense. So even if there are good qualities of him, the big picture is not good. The other question is, you want to move on with your life. This is not progressing. So you want to be able to liberate yourself from him so you can date other people. And you want to also explore, maybe with a therapist, the question, as opposed, why did I become involved with a married man? Because that does set you up for a lot of trauma. So I hope that helps. And coming up, we'll be talking about that invisible enemy. And of course, we'll be talking about the sex star of marriage. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. For romantic love to be successful and enduring, it is absolutely critical that each partner feel visible to one another. You should feel especially visible for what is most important to you. And ideally, you'll want to feel visible as a whole person, not just for a few narrow traits. One important type of visibility is emotional visibility. Emotional visibility means understanding and empathizing with each other's emotions. Another important type of visibility is philosophy of life visibility. Philosophy of life visibility means understanding and acknowledging your partner's deepest values and sense of life. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com. 